Since time immemorial, human beings have stared up at the stars and asked the unanswerable questions. Why am I here? What is the nature of the cosmos? What is the meaning of life? Are we alone in the universe? Will DC ever make movies as well as Marvel? How exactly did Megatron shrink? Is a detailed backstory for your first level halfling wizard even How worth it? How many men with pageboy haircuts lived on Eternia if they couldn't figure out that Prince Adam was He-Man? Who is going to play Alabama for the championship this what year? What does God need with a starship? Prepare your ear holes for a podcast dedicated to the philosophical quandaries of pop culture. An audio thunderdome. Two nerdy friends enter. Only one shall be victorious. This is I'm Right, and he's Rob. Hi, and welcome to the podcast that you're listening to now. And if you don't know the name of it, you should probably look at your phone. Uh, we start every episode with... Uh, Apologies and omissions, and uh, we're lucky to have the number one person who points out mistakes <laughs> that we've made uh, on the show tonight. Um, so uh, I'm not going to introduce you. We obviously do that in a minute. Uh, is there something we missed in the last episode? And to be honest, I'm not even sure what the last episode was. So what was the last episode? It that feels like oh, it's the oh. Muppets. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. And yes, you did four oh, times. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We oh, called, that's right. We called somebody the wrong name, didn't we? It's, it was the uh, it was Ralph's album. Yes, that that's right. To go back with Mr. Brown Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the the funny thing Mr. was, Brown Mr. Brown Ears. The second we stopped, Monty said, "Oh, oh crap, God, I've been saying it wrong the, the whole, whole time. time." And I realized that that's probably just because I've watched a series of videos online over the last few years. <laughs> That uh, that maybe uh, put something in my uh, brain, and I'm sorry for that. Two, two Muppets in one cup. Yeah. Oh <laughs> no, it would. Oh, that's a lot of fuzz. Uh, okay. Yeah, four times. It's uh, Ralph's. Ralph's album was Old Brown Ears, um, not Old Brown Eyes. <laughs> Um, but it, did you see? Have you? Did you look at that album? Have you tried googling yeah. how much that costs? I. I found, I want to say there was a CD version or something that was like $84 yes. on eBay. Yes. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Because it's out of print and it's amazing. Um, yep. Yeah, I looked for it too. I went like immediately and I was like, oh, I should get this on vinyl. And I think I found one pressing of vinyl and it it's was something like Henson. $120. It's not, yeah, it's still it's Jim the, Henson. It's before okay. Jim died. So, so it's like basically the last speak. Jim Henson album. And basically, Jim Henson would do this. He would release albums as a Muppet, but it's really just Jim Henson singing. I mean, like, yeah, with, or, with uh, Rolf, he's not even changing his voice all that much from normal, you know, just maybe making it a little bit deeper. But isn't that weird as a kid when you start to realize, oh, oh, all of the Jim Henson Muppets sound with that same like it's it's this part of the voice right here that sounds most like it. You know what I mean? He's got like that. I know, he was too. Ernie too, wasn't he? Yes, he was Ernie. Yeah, he was. All right, so let's uh, let's get on it. I, we apologize. It's old brown ears. Please buy us a copy of it on CD. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's start the actual podcast. Uh, my name is Monty Ike. Uh, we have a guest. He'll go last, but first, here is the Miss Elizabeth to my Macho Man, <laughs> the earthquake to my typhoon. Uh, hashtag, uh, what were they called? Uh, forget it. And he's also the whoo to my Ric Flair, uh, my best friend, Rob Bloom. 
Uh, but more special than that, we have uh, Doug Belsass, uh, one of uh, our oldest friends uh, and a wise man uh, and uh, our only loyal listener, really. Uh, okay, there's there's a few more loyal listeners. We have to butter him up to keep him on the, on, yeah, on the le- circuit. This is legit one of our only le- downloads, guys. Uh, so, Doug, thank you so much for joining us. We're, we're excited to have here. you on. Uh, and uh, we we picked a topic that I think we even pimped you in uh, you uh, earlier in a podcast. We talked about how you would be the guy to have for this. Um, I actually had to call another guy that I know to help with mine. So who, uh, did, who did you call? I called my buddy Mitch Town because uh, Mitch, Mitch Town, Town is a is a Mitch, wrestlehead. Huh? Yeah, well, yeah, Mitch Town loves the documentary stuff. He gave me a whole bunch of stuff that I will not uh, say. Or need, but it was all like, like he's watched like every documentary about uh, professional wrestling that's ever been produced, uh, and he just loves the business uh, and like all of the like behind the scenes craziness of it, which I thought was amazing. Uh, oh my god, Doug, did I just spoil what we were doing? One of you has to say. No, what it it's is. fine that you. We were we are discussing wrestling. Uh, we are discussing the most. Are we saying the most? Interesting characters of the 80s and 90s come out of the professional yep. wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, characters. I was going to ask more like Doug, because because of you, we wanted something that was, you know, kind of your wheelhouse. Give us a little history of you in wrestling. You know, yeah, I was thinking about this earlier when, I, you know, I we were talking about with this particular the, the WWE, WWF area. And I think actually my earliest memory is probably more i don't know if you guys remember like espn at three o'clock in the afternoon had old awa nwa stuff and that that would ultimately become wcw um but that was actually you know it'd be mid-south wrestling some things out of texas and dallas uh, but a lot of the guys um stone cold started there uh sean michael started there people will probably talk about like that was a Back in the day before Vince and the WWF, a lot of it was small little regions, and it was basically mm-hmm. a bunch of little regional circuits, and people would compete across regions. So that's probably kind of where I got my interest. Just in you'd go, you'd come home for school and turn something on, and back, you know, back in the basic cable days, you only had what maybe twenty six channels or whatever, and so you kind of sit and watch that, and then Saturday mornings after the cartoons, like WWF superstars would pop up, and so so it's kind of just one of those things that's that you right. get into. I forgot about that. Yeah. You know, and like like every young kid, you know, having you know the the Hulkster was a was an easy easy uh, Amer- piece of Americana to for yeah. a, you know a young elementary school kid to cheer for. And so, did you watch this? And I remember what got us onto the subject as a possibility of having you on was I mentioned that it would be I'd be expecting Saturday Night Live, and instead mm-hmm. of, we would get the what Saturday was the Saturday? Yeah, and I that's where my wrestling knowledge kind of came from was like be forced to watch that because i want to stay up late on a saturday night and i'm like 10 and it's the only thing on so you know you'd get a little bit of crossover you know you get hogan hulk hogan and uh, rocky three you know and so and so mr t would invade the wrestling world so there was just a little bit of that was you know a pop culture era for uh for kids our age i was like oh that's kind of neat and different And uh, there was also the rock and wrestling. I mean, rock and wrestling yeah, was where yeah. I was going next. That was where yeah. I was going. Yeah, and actually, uh, yeah, that's that's the thing that I I think about a lot too. And 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 one of my guys, and Cindy Lauper videos, right? Oh, yeah. Captain Lou Albanian. My my wife, when I told my wife what the topic was, she was like, "Are you going to mention Captain Lou Albanian uh, dating Cindy Lauper's mom?" And I'm like, 
probably not, but yeah, I guess now I am. Did you say Lou Albanian? Yeah, Captain Lou Albanian, isn't it? Isn't that how you Lou Albano. Bano? Why am I saying Banyan? Oh, I'm thinking Steve Banyan, apparently. Maybe. Oh, maybe. There you go. They look they it's look been a long, long time, guys. Well, look. Everyone was making fun of uh uh Steve Banyan's hair, and I'm over here with my COVID cut going. Ugh. You see, here in the Bay Area, it's still not really kosher to get your hair cut, uh, because things are still in lockdown because we believe in science. Anyway, you guys look nice. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, Rob just Straight razor. I haven't. I haven't yeah. had a haircut in I 25 hope, years. I hope not. That would be a very big waste of money for you if somebody was cutting your hair. Uh, so, hey, so let's let's quick, get quick, well, yeah. proto, quick protocol check if I can, because the Albano thing made me wonder. Do you want me to fact check as I go and serve that role, or do you want me to listen back? Later? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, let us not. Let us not okay. wait until. Let us not wait until this posts. For you to this have to go through. This was a debate show originally. Tickety, meant tickety, to be tickety. Arguing, but yeah. Sadly, we agree on a lot of things. Let's fact check. <laughs> fact check, sir. This is America and we're debating. <laughs> Look, we are the Fox News of podcast. I don't know what your facts are, but my recollections and opinions say that it was something else. Captain I had to write my own perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Albano sounds right. Yeah. Anyway, rubber band in the face. That's what I remember. Yep. Uh, I don't have him on my list, but maybe I should have. So should we let our guests go first? Yes. Let, yes. Let... Dougie Fresh, you go first. Sure. All right. So um, from a character perspective, and Rob, I love that you picked that because I think it brings in other things besides just, okay, who's the best wrestler? Who's most popular? So when I think of characters, I think of personas and their ability to tell stories, and they, especially 80s and 90s being our kid range. Um the first, my, my number five for me is the first vignette I can remember. So every once in a while, if they would bring a wrestler in, you'd have, especially that Saturday morning, you get a taped segment every week. And oh, so this particular right. wrestler, um, you saw him bowl a 300 game and throw darts <laughs> and hit nothing but bullseyes and kick field goals, make no look basketball shots. And that's because he was perfect. Because Mr. Mr. Perfect is number five um, in terms of a character. He was... You know, even he had just the towel, the sweat, the look, the, the elitist, and he was a great heel, and he was so easy because he didn't want you to like him. He didn't want anybody to identify with him because he looked down on everybody. Um, you know, I still being amazed is a strong word as an adult, but as a kid, you know, he would he would come to the ring chewing gum and get to the ring, spit it out, and smack it into the crowd. And for, I don't know, however many years I watched them, never missed. And I always thought, <laughs> you know, every once in a while, you, th you, th you think you would screw it up on TV, that like, hey, you're just looking the other way. But yeah, he, he always flipped that gum out into somebody's face in the audience. And But in terms of just someone despicable into like, oh, you're just a smarmy ass, he's number five for me. That is, I have totally forgot about Mr. Perfect. And I think I heard a reference to him recently, too. Um, I forgot about the intro, yep. literally like the character intros that you would yeah. see on Saturday morning where it'd be like, okay, here's the first time any of us are seeing him. Here's their gig or here's their shtick. Yep. And, and I told, I do, I remember especially him and a couple others. I don't want to ruin any possibles, but yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't ruin anything, Rob. Uh, don't ever say another person's name. It'll be fine. Uh, I think th so there's a, there's a here's here's why I think like the characters in the 80s and 90s were also so great is have you ever guys have you ever heard about the keep the business like that that idea so when the WWE uh, or WWF especially 
before they came clean and started calling themselves entertainment, they did this. Yep. They did, you know, first of all, uh, professional wrestling very much uh, uh, has roots. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, they they very much kept uh, everything like 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 it's like a carny. There's a bunch of carny. I think they would tour with carnivals. They would do all these things. There's a very traveling show, and the kayfabe was that you you had to always look like the character that you were playing. If you were out in yep. public, you had to be that guy twenty four seven. And so those uh, those videos and stuff like that were these great like vignettes of really hammering home those characters. So everyone that we talk about is going to be these 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 characters that have been like really especially like the heels I think yeah. it, ha- oh. it would have to be horrible it, being some of the heels in these that i i disagree i think it would be amazing to be yep. one of these heels the uh, heel i don't know i remember like the, the thinking thing like they, some of these people were truly because i mean i was at the age where i still believed wrestling was real and what? where i Sorry, Doug. Damn it. Come on, man. Uh, But, but I mean, and I would be like, oh, they were so horrible in XYZ fight. Yeah, but they're not. And they're, you know, they're being the villain is always much more fun uh, to be. Uh, Rob, do you want to go next? Okay, I will go with a hero of mine. And since we had kind of mentioned Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling, I think I will go with my favorite character from that. JYD, Junkyard Dog, yeah, that's a good one. Thump on your butt, <laughs> Junkyard Dog. I there was something about like his his snarl, the way he fought, he had the chain around his neck. Um, he really was like the first time I noticed that somebody was an absolute character that they were they were coming out like like, like a cartoon character, and yeah. then to see it see it animated. And literally, he lived in a junkyard, and he had a dog. <laughs> this was all true, though. All true. <laughs> and it was like it was, it was this. It was a character, and and you know, and I bought it hook, line, and sinker as a kid. And then as I got older, I realized that you know this was a persona, and not obviously how he was. And the more you know, even like I was looking uh, online at some of his characteristics and where he came from. But like you know, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. I don't know if. Mr. Perfect was a hall. I would see that Mr. Perfect was probably a Hall of Famer at some point. He did not get unanimous. He did not get it. I'd have to double check. I know. I think he had, I don't know if he had, well, they all have drug issues at some point, (laughs) but I feel like every once in a while, get into some sketchy areas where that to uh, push off their nomination a little bit. And I believe he's not anymore as well. Well, a lot of them, a lot of them do posthumous. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them die of or- overdose, are around somebody who dies of an overdose, uh, or, or kill, kill a person. Uh, that's a good JYD, though. That's a good one. Um, so mine is another, like, total ridiculous character. I went with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, <gasps> yeah. <you> fucker. <laughs> oh, is he on your list? He's, he's pretty high on my list. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, shit. Uh, so I realized when I was going through the people that I like, uh, I went. Th- I go through a lot of people that I think had funny uh, bits, uh, and for me, uh, hacksaw, hacksaw's uh, you know gimmick, his persona. I mean that it's, it's a it's a comedy bit first and foremost. That whole thing is a comedy bit. Um, he's but I don't know a, if he's acting because he seems like that's who he really is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I honestly, honestly, I don't know if that's acting. 
that was the tough with with some of these. Like you, you know, you hear some of the most successful characters today are just their own personalities turned up to eleven. Yeah. And yeah, if, with with that elevator not going all the way to the top, if that was just, oh. hey, let's just give this guy a two by four and see what happens. I was gonna say the, the thing, the two things that I remember about Hacksaw Jim Duggan was he always had an American flag yep. and a two by four. Yeah. He always had a cross eyed, and he'd always go tough guy. Tough, yeah. Yeah. Tough guy. I am positive he probably always had a cross eye and he probably was missing some of those teeth. Uh, But I like to believe that uh, Jim was not as uh, uh, fundamentally challenged as. Well, he was kicking out immigrants, too. He was very pro-American. Oh, but that was the 80s. I mean, we're talking. Yeah, yeah, we're talking Reagan here. Please. There was nobody. There was literally no wrestler whose gimmick was making sure that the under uh, underserved are getting (laughs) served. There was no uh, there was no AOC of the WWF back then. Everyone was was jingoistic it was you know it was the cold war it was us versus them i mean you know between the iron sheik and the bolsheviks you always had that yeah yeah that number one enemy you know geopolitically oh hey let's get a usa chant going how hilarious is the iron sheik too is he supposed to be a saudi arabian because that is like literally not our (laughs) you know what i mean iranian Iranian. so we got uh, we got the hostages so that works (laughs) but they're not sheiks they're not Sheiks are legitimately the uh, the uh, Arabian Peninsula. Does, that that doesn't matter. Jesus Christ, it's just, that's Islamophobia, guys. I'm not sure I can do this anymore. Uh, I was actually going to do the joke of my favorite WWF as a panda, but I decided to. <laughs> we spent so much time in the intro to not fucking do that. So there you go, uh, Douglas. It's your turn. All right, and uh, just a, a follow up. Mr. Perfect 2007 Hall of WWB Hall of Fame inductee. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, posthumously? Number. Is he alive? I don't know. I didn't, yeah. I didn't read that far down. All it right. wasn't in the first three lines of the Wikipedia That's summary. So. Screw it. We don't um, care then. All right. So, number four is uh, to me, he's Stone Cold before Stone Cold and kind of the first anti hero in terms of the a guy that when he's a bad guy, you still cheered for him. Um, his mama called him Aurelian, but his fans called him Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh yes, oh yeah. yeah. I was wondering um, if he'd make our list. You know, and just because he, he just steely, and he'd be that guy that he didn't he didn't have to get up on the ring for to to demand cheers and to get pops, but he you just wanted to like him even even when he was booked as the bad guy as the heel, he sometimes get the better reaction. Then you got you know obviously the Snake Damien. Um, that's right. You, know, you the, remember his snake's name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you remember when Earthquake uh, sat on him? Yes. I just, in fact, I read about that recently where um, it was a bag of hamburger meat, um, you know, basically to ba- to give it that look of exploding. And then I, cause I think Earthquake had a gimmick with snake burgers for a while. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up bringing up another, a different, uh, Oh my God. Lucif- Lucifer ended up yeah. being the new, Python yeah. So ima- imagine that storyline where you had to literally fake kill a snake and then bring a new snake into the. <laughs> Do you remember oh the cobra? God. Oh no, no, I don't remember. No, the cobra. I don't. Yeah. So and this might have been eighty eight, eighty nine, but there. So he was in a storyline with Macho Man, and he had a he had a de-venomized cobra, and oh, so there was a part where he I don't basically Macho Man gets tied up in the ropes, and. They, he basically, you know, he smacks this cobra a couple times and sticks it on him, and the thing just clamps on like hell to his bicep. Oh, I heard about yeah. this. Okay, and you, yeah. can, and you can see it bleeding, and they blur it. But I, I listened to Jake tell a story later, like he couldn't get it off. Like he basically he was locked in <laughs> so tight. They're like, 
people Elizabeth's coming down from the back, people are running down from the back, you know, hey Vince is like knocking out. I was like, I'm trying. I'm, but I guess there had been a funny story where you know, Macho I'm guessing Macho Man will make the list at some point, but he Macho Man's a little half crazy and yeah. before he did the gimmick, he would he did not trust Jake that it was to venomize, so he made Jake make the Cobra bite himself. <laughs> so he wanted to see the Cobra bite Jake's leg, and then he sat and he he followed Jake the entire day to see like if he would pass out or die or whatever. Oh, that's but basically crazy. that had to happen. But yeah, I remember that being one of the uh, probably first not traumatizing thing, but I remember that's probably one of the first things I saw on like regular weekend TV. Like, oh, oh wow. my, yeah, that's amazing. And why? Yeah, that's well, why people were like, oh, of course it's real. Look at all that blood. Yeah. That's yeah, totally real. Yeah. Uh, my wife met uh, Jake the Snake uh, in Colorado, uh, I think, after he left the ring. That's one of her stories. Uh, Jake the Snake also had that whole thing where his suddenly he became a, a, a snake handler. Remember, he became mm-hmm. born again was a part of his gimmick. Yep. Right. When he went from being more of a heel to being that again before Stone Cold. Um but that that I do uh, I remember too because when my wife met him he explained um, to my wife and her brother that uh, that was not an act and that he was <laughs> born again. Uh, but my wife also thinks he was high, so who knows? <laughs> he didn't so, have yeah. a massive. So and massive. Mitch might have given you Mitch might have given you this documentary, but the the resurrection of Jake the Snake is a fantastic documentary. I think Hulu's had it before, but it goes through he was an addict. Um, Diamond Dallas Page, who was a more of a WCW rep, but he's got a, a yoga practice, but it kind of goes through how he takes him in, tries to get him sober, and actually through DDP's yoga practice, actually kind of gets him a little healthier and moving again. But it actually is, even if you're not a wrestling person, just as a redemption story and kind of seeing somebody fight through their demons, it's pretty solid. There you go. Rob, your turn. Okay, I'm going to go with kind of, I would argue a one-hit wonder, but his one hit was pretty climactic. Um, do you, you guys, and I, I know you know this one, Doug, but, uh, Monty, do you know the story of the Shockmaster? <laughs> no. Uh, I think I bought that off the internet once. Well, uh, he was, it was pretty much his intro, a Saturday morning type thing. And the gimmick was he was basically a stormtrooper helmet that was dipped in like glitter paint. And then he looked like, you know, he looked kind of like a big behemoth type. His intro was he comes out and there's a voiceover guy who's doing his dialogue Uh and he's not even talking, but he's moving his head along and it's not matching whatsoever. And at some point he's supposed to run through a wall. Does and his helmet pops off and it's the most hilarious intro. I mean, it's it's considered pretty legendary and. I've, I've heard multiple podcasts reference the Shockmaster, but it's the, the whole gimmick is just how you listen to this voice. Like, I am the shock. And it's literally a stormtrooper helmet painted with yeah. silver. Paint. Yep. And, and, uh, and then what the helmet comes off. So he can't even fake that. It's not even the right. Well, he's anymore. like, yeah. he's like scrambling to, to and, get the, and, you know, and he's like, yeah, probably and like a, a third tier guy. Right. Well, it was his intro, and they yeah. were expecting him to be like it was his intro on Lex Luger's. Oh, uh, this was his big coming out party. This was his coming out party, and it and fucked he up. Blew it. And he <laughs> blew it. Well, I do like that. It's I like a story. It's like here. Okay, here's like he describes the gimmick as they put me in a stormtrooper mask, 
which they painted in glitter paint. I couldn't see a thing. I got to the wall and put my hands up like a double axe to bust through. The top broke perfectly, but the bottom didn't. And the momentum took me through the wall onto the floor. And oh it was God. all caught. And it was it was hilarious. And I think, like, you could see, like, people in the background just couldn't keep it together. And it was Thanks. not... Doug, you like a redemption story. I like a story where you're trying your best for years and it just fucking blows up in your face. That's the well, story. Well, it's actually, you know, um, so it was actually the guy who also played Tugboat and Typhoon. I think, Monty, you talked about Oh, yeah, I talked about Typhoon. Yeah, the, the, and I'm, I'm, Natural Disasters. That's Earthquake yep. and Typhoon. Okay. Yep. There and so, go. Rob, this, you know, where you'll be disqualified for this one because your <laughs> Shockmaster was actually his WCW debut. <sighs> When they tried to take from the WWF and package him over there, so yeah, he he'd wrestled that way, and that was going to be his first big thing over there. And yep, screwed. And up. then it clearly is the guy who's Typhoon. I'm sorry, are we only sticking to WWE? Were we not? Oh, I mean uh, that's I fine. I think I have one. I have one guy. Okay, I have one guy that's WW, okay. WCW. No biggie. Well, that's fine. He's not my number one. Um, so uh, for it's mine, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, didn't it? No, uh, for mine, I actually am going with. This is it's so great that you went with Jake the Snake because this works perfectly. And this guy makes my list because it's amazing. This guy improvs a line and it becomes a million dollar merchandising thing. Stone Cold Steve Austin fights Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake is playing uh, his his born again Christian. He says John 316 and all this stuff. Stone Cold Steve Austin beats him and says, you talk about John 316, I'm talking Austin 316. The next day, people have already written on markers on their shirts, Austin 316. There's signs everywhere, and Vince McMahon has an erection that he can't beat because he realizes, oh my God, I can print this on everything. Yep. Austin and, 316 says, I just whooped your ass. Yeah. And what I love about this gimmick is just... The beer, like the the chugging a beer where literally most of it just goes down in a very homoerotic way down his chest. Uh, <laughs> like his gimmick is I'm a badass that doesn't care that I'm here. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, he takes the sort of I'm just here to whoop ass to the, like the next level. But what I what I loved about it is I I've, this story of just like. Hey, Austin 316, whatever. And then all of a sudden, because I remember when he was big and he was bigger than life. It was yep. it was fucking Stone Cold. And then The Rock came right on his heels, yep. pushing it into the mid 90s hype that is what that I, I almost think is maybe the peak. Uh, but and that's all off of a flippant line. That's all off of him yeah. just coming in. So the two things I will say, my characters are funny. And they're also guys who are masters at the promo, at the mm, talking to me and Gene Okerly coming and and they're they're the ones that can uh, that can talk and and you'll see uh, who I'm talking. And then there's one that's just a fucking gimmick. And well, is is Austin still wrestling? Uh, like his movie no. career really didn't go anywhere, did it? Of of the ones no. that. No, it, uh, it they, seems like WWE's got a, a certain number of properties, and they kind of like the the Marine and Twelve Rounds or other things that they they cycle some of their guys through. He has a pod. He does. He's had a couple shows on maybe their TNT, like a, a Broken Skull Ranch, kind of one of these outdoor um, Survivor type competitions. He does have his own podcast, um, which can be especially if you guys like the '80s stuff. Um, 
there's a lot of, you know, Jake the Snake was just one of them. Um, people talk about Andre, but it's a great look into just, just uh, Jim Cornette. I don't know if you guys know him. He was a, he was the manager in, T- or in WCW, always had the tennis racket. But just listen to some guys tell stories for an hour, an hour and a half about kind of our heyday growing up and things we we would have watched and enjoyed is pretty entertaining. Yeah. Well, so uh, as entertaining uh, as this podcast, but it's okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, some of the ones that could that went on to Hollywood, I always thought like he was the one that had potential, and I don't really think he kind of caught on outside yeah. of wrestling. I think he's almost too stiff. You know, he was never going to be a multidimensional guy where – you know, Rock early on played some of those dumb Disney movies, you know, or yeah. coaching yeah. football movies, but just enough to well, get even, him a little even bit Well, even Batista breath. has surprised the yeah. hell out of me with his, his because he's actually a really good actor. I'm, when you're making yeah. him an alien and don't have him talk very often, yeah. he's pretty good. <laughs> I was going to say, he's no, well, he was, he's no Dustin he was Hoffman, in, but I, yes. I loved him in Blade Runner. I loved him in uh, James Bond. Um, he has been, oh, what was the comedy he was in that he played uh, opposite the girl, the young girl? Um, Jesus, that 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 narrows everything down. He's in a movie, and there's a young girl. You're gonna have to look that up, buddy. No, uh, sorry. <laughs> it just came out like right before COVID, I believe. But, oh, and it was... oh, okay, yeah. He's also on Sprite commercials now, is he not? Oh, I haven't seen him on any commercials, so that's anyway. I, but yeah, I, Stone Cold doesn't have the sort of dynamic acting range, and I think that's part of the reason. I mean, like, his badass character is great for the sort of uh, hosting gigs that he does now. Perfect. Perfect. But he doesn't really have range. Uh, the Rock yeah. was actually surprising about the amount of range that he had. Yeah. It's very different than his character uh, as well, but, you know, there you go. Uh, Doug, you're up, I think, with the next uh, with the next pick. Yep. So third... Um this guy actually uh, went to high school in Creighton Prep, um, so he's a local guy. Um, oh my god! He was uh, as a kid. You, as a young child, you believe in morals and integrity, and you know that people do the right thing. And this guy's entire stick was everybody has a price, everybody can be bought. He created his own championship. I know. I know what it is. And it's Ted DiBiase, the million yep. dollar man. Yeah. Oh my God. I, didn't know I did not Omaha. know he was from Omaha. And I have yep. a guy who's also from Omaha. This is crazy. He, okay, so this guy's on my list. And luckily, he was next. And here's one of my favorite stories about him. When we were talking about that, uh, you know, keep, keep the business, the, the KFAB or KFAB or whatever it is yep. like that. They gave him an open account. Yep. He literally had thousands of dollars in walking around money because everywhere Ted DiBiase went, he just threw fucking money around. And can you imagine that? Everyone else is doing this job. They're going to these tables. like oh, He literally can buy any fucking thing he wants and he sends the receipts and McMahon will fucking pay it because he is yeah. supposed to be rich. Now that yeah. is the best fucking gimmick I have ever heard in my life. What was, right. his, side, what was his sidekick's name? IRS. No, so 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 okay. So he he, he did create a stable no. later. Um, with our, yeah, I was so like, Virg- Virgil was the body. Virgil was the one I was thinking. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No. Isn't that Tiny Luster? No, that's somebody else. Um, no, no, that's Zeus. A lot like him. That's, that's Zeus. That was, okay, that's Zeus. Yeah. All right, yeah. Okay. But I remember too, like he he was so despicable. If you he would bet people in the crowd to do things. So there, I can remember this one where he had this little kid brought him up on stage. He's probably less than ten years old told me to give him a hundred bucks if he could dribble a basketball 15 times, just make contact. And so he's sitting there counting through 14 kicks the ball, the guy's hands. And you see this poor little, <laughs> ten, poor little 10 year old boy, like, you know, just like, what? 
I mean, it's just, you just couldn't help but hate the guy. Um, yeah, yeah, so just, you know, would you just kind of, and just, I think at that age, too, like, oh, people could be bought. Like, you know, I was so idealistic to naive to think that would be a real thing, and it's actually how everything works now. But, yeah. yeah no, but I, oh, yeah, that, is a, a that is a great one. Yeah, I had Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, too, in exactly this exact spot, so that's funny to me. I did not know he was from Omaha. That is funny. That is hilarious to me. But, yeah, again, we're talking about you know, the fucking 80s and the heel, right? And I, I love yeah. this. Even though we had greed is good and all this like materialism in the 80s, uh, this is a working class. Um, this is the target audience, right? It's 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 fucking, it's working class Americans. That's who's uh, going and paying their money to see these things. And what a perfect heel. What a perfect asshole as somebody who's just rich with no morals and does not care and blonde hair and uh, gold everything, and doesn't give a shit about the working man, lies all the time. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry, I stopped talking about Ted DiBiase a while ago. So what I wonder is, you know, with all these characters, where did they come up from? Is it like some, you know, a group of people get together and go, you know, we need a villain and we need you to do this? Or is it they like, hey, I got a great idea. I'm going to be rich. Is, or was he, you know, I, I think I think it's probably and- I think it's probably both. I mean, you know, there's both. Yeah, I. I uh, I know there's like, it, like Doug has said, there's tons of podcasts, there's tons of documentaries out there. There's like Dark Side of the Ring and all these other things that really talk about the business and how these guys come up. And a lot of times these guys don't get to get a gimmick until they put in the time until you can trust them with the choreography and know what they're doing, right? They're just yeah. those sidegar guys that get the shit kicked out of them by guys with gimmicks. And then once you get to a certain point, I think, I think... I think it's a little bit of both. There are like producers, right? There are guys whose job it is to help you come up with a gimmick if you don't have yep. one or help you get your gimmick well, right. And didn't, and maybe I'm jumping ahead in the game here, but what wasn't like the rock when he was introduced, wasn't they, they were really focusing on his Hawaiian aspect at one point with like, he his, came, yeah, he came in as Rocky Maivia. So yeah. his, his uh, grandfather was a uh, high, high priest, chief, chief Maivia, Peter Maivia. And so, yeah, and he kind of came in and so he was, good guy good looking super charismatic and he kind of bombed a little bit you know they they tried that and it was it flashed early and they'd be like i don't care like and that's it's a fa- it's a fascinating thing as much as you know f- we're talking about being the healer like your job is just to get a reaction good or bad and you're the, like the worst thing you can do as a pro wrestler is get no reaction and that's kind of yeah, where yeah. that rocky character went so then he had the nation of domination kind of an islam farrakhan thing for a while um, and then kind of turned that, that up, <clears throat> turned that up to the rock when he kind of, when he moved away from that. But yeah, that's, it's interesting. A lot of times that these guys will go through, you know, like Shockmaster. like a lot of times they'll repackage somebody and say, okay, well, mm. first time didn't work. Let's try something different and see if, cause even Stone Cold, he started, he came in as the ringmaster, uh, which was kind of a, a circus freak or a circuit, literally a circus ringmaster, kind of a bow tie and, and tuxedo thing, um, which was kind of a really dumb gimmick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, basically, OK, this isn't working. You're, like you said, you, you stumble into a great catchphrase. Also, like, hey, I got something. Let's run with this and see yeah. where we can take it. Yeah. I, you well, you but- imagine they're watching like season three of the 1966 Batman thing. And they're like, what if I have eggs? Yeah, what right, I, yeah. I make everything well, eggs. What? No. Speaking of gimmicks, since you both went okay. for this round, I yeah. will go for the. Yes, I think please. I have one of the most absurd gimmicks or maybe the most creative gimmicks brutus the barber beefcake oh yeah one of my favorites i didn't put him on the list but i thought he's 
as a kid, I that was one of the guys I liked to watch. I remember him being very like visually stimulating. Like yep. like he came out with the four on. Th- Shut up, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, his where he came out with like the ribbons on his forearms were very noticeable. Um, but he was usually like in pink and bow ties too. Yeah, yeah and he had and, that mullet. He had that bleached mullet, uh, right? And then I, you I know, think I remember him with, with Hulk a lot. The, Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then he yeah, would come out with the shears. giant shears. shears. Yeah. And then once he beat you and knocked you out, he would actually cut your hair off. Yep. Yeah, that's a crazy gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, he and he and Hulk actually had come up together. So I think he was one of the first guys. He went to a uh, a rock star, uh, someone who costumes for rock stars, and that's when he was the first one with kind of that crazier zebra print or yeah. you know bright fluorescence. And actually, Macho Man would go would go to the same guy later when he kind of went away from. Uh, knee pads and speedos to more of a tight type look, but yeah, so he brought a lot of that kind of rock and roll look into into the WWF. Yeah. Do you I, do you know? Do you remember why he ended up leaving wrestling? I don't. I do remember there being went, a controversy. He went bald. Before that parasailing accident, so he went on a parasailing accident, and busted his face. Oh shit! I don't. I don't remember if the shoe didn't open or how that worked, but yeah, basically he had to his entire face had to get redone. So like Mark Hamill. I, yeah. Okay. I gotcha. All right. That's. See, guys. Look. If we ever get to be famous wrestlers, we're let's play it cool. Let's just go back to the hotel. Let's just read our Bibles. Let's watch <laughs> our television. Let's not do these things. Let's not get addicted to drugs. Let's not go parasailing, especially, so that we can maintain our our uh, our career as long as possible. Well, my gimmick is I'm going to get tons of women and throw around money a lot. That's that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And have somebody and expense it to somebody else. Yes, yes, yeah. We just got to figure out who to send those receipts to. Yeah, I'm going to be the internet troll. I'm going to come out and and just play devil's advocate to anything that you're saying. Uh, well, I guess we're back to Doug. There we go. Here's how it goes. All right. Um. Number two is a uh, started as a tag team and was the first heel turn I can remember. Uh, ironically, it goes to the, the barber shop when Brutus the Beefcake, when Brutus Beefcake had his own kind of segment or show. Shawn Michaels um, started as a member of the Rockers, um, famously turned like in a, it's a heel turn again as a kid. That's the first time I can remember a good guy turning bad, um, but then had a fantastic career as, you know, members of, as a member of DX, as the Heartbreak Kid, Mr. WrestleMania, the Showstopper. Um, and I think the first guy probably on here we're talking about when we think about character, you know, Monty, you talk a lot about, you know, people who can work the mic and promo. I think, you know, and also a good character, if you can work heel or baby, you know, basically if you can take either side and get the crowd with you and basically kind of flip that persona, um, I think it makes a great character. And he is one that, um, could do that and, and get the largest pops as, as a baby face or just do some dickish things. Um, famously part of the Montreal screw job, you know, kind of one of the bigger parts with what mm-hmm. drove Bret Hart out of the WWF for a while. Um, so he is, he is my second top character. That's good. Uh, the Montreal screw, screw job, uh, is of course a, a pinnacle, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, of like, it really starts the ball rolling towards, uh, towards this is entertainment. This is not in fact yep. sport because that's actually where, um, He's a he, he's an honorable mention. I don't think we'll have, but where Vince McMahon went from 
an announcer and just a guy who was commentated like, oh, he's Mr. McMahon. Okay, that we never knew that the guy who was calling the show every week actually owned the place. Yeah, right. I yeah. did know that the scripts years later. Yeah, and yeah. doing the storylines. Yeah, and that's and that's what had to come out of that because. You know, Brett, they take the title off of Brett because Brett's going to go to WCW. He spits on Vince. He's arguing with Vince. Like, why is he yelling at the color commentator? Like, this is yeah, odd. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, that's the guy behind the curtain. There we go. Yeah, I didn't know that for many years. That... Uh, Robert, it's your turn. Okay, since my can you hear my two Hold on, was... can you hear my neighbor? What sounds like maybe he's drilling a hole into his house? I can't really... Is that... Coming through. Okay. Uh, nope. Super loud here. Sorry. Okay, go on. So uh, my number two was picked was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I'm gonna oh. go with a different one and oh. bring up this guy was pretty interesting. Uh on a Saturday night, I think this was the first time I ever saw an intro and been like, Who the hell is that guy? That is fucking weird and cool as hell. He comes out, he grabs the top of the of the ring and just starts. Yep the warrior yeah just goes totally manic and insane and i i could just watch his energy and watch the the quaaludes that he was taking probably (laughs) those are more of a downer but yeah sure well geez the man was just pure energy and was it always just the one guy i think i read somewhere that the warrior has been more two, two or three know. guys. I was, I was going to ask Rob if it was warrior one or warrior two, because I say I've always been an internet conspiracy theory that there were one of them died or one of them, you know, that there's been two. Yeah. I don't know. It, yeah. I don't know the story, but I just, I do know the rumors, but um, I, he was one of the most on, interesting. Yeah. Early on, there was a, the war, you know, was kind of a, just a bigger muscular guy. And then the second, like further on, he, that guy was much more cut. And then it certainly with the right drugs, you know, the white working out, you can do that. But that was I think the, the difference in body types was always something that people like, huh, I wonder if that's a different long haired freak sprinting <laughs> yeah. to the ring right now. Yeah. Well, they showed I, when I was looking him up because I was looking up a bunch of them. But when I was looking him up, they showed him in later the career where it was this buzz cut, but still mm-hmm. had that weird mask painted on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's funny how much it's like I wouldn't have even considered him the same guy even at that point. It, yeah, it's, it's almost as if how- you put something like glasses on a person and you won't be able to tell it's that. <laughs> totally different. Never totally, seen. Yeah, totally mm. different guy. Uh, that's really weird. Um, so I picked this one is my WCW guy. I think this guy's WCW. It's weird that you go with Ultimate Warrior because I'm going with it's another harder. pancake makeup mm. guy. And uh, but also this is the reason I chose him. Born in Omaha, Nebraska. Yep. I'm talking about Sting. Stinger. Steve, Steve I Borden. didn't know that. Yeah, born yep. in Omaha. Which is when you were like Ted DiBiase was uh, went to Crate and I was like, are you fucking kidding? How did that happen? I didn't see that at all because I literally was like ties to Omaha and then I just stopped at Sting. <laughs> so there you go. But yeah, so that uh, Sting. Been, that's a good choice. That yeah. if I if I were to put he was my num- he was my favorite. W- in fact, eighth grade Halloween dance, I put Sting paint on my face. Uh, went with some type of surf surfboard surf shop t-shirt and that was my my halloween costume at a mission so didn't sting kind of change his persona as he went through like yeah because he started off surfer yeah he started kind of surfer and then yeah he did definitely get a hell of a lot more crow it's like he went through an emo phase um yeah that is and then he also when he left uh he left wcw there's a another a circuit called tna he actually had a joker run there um kid where yeah yeah, his, his makeup was still crushed but a little more psychotic 
That is funny. Uh, and I picked I picked Sting because of Omaha. I also picked Sting because I was like, look, one of us has to have pancake makeup. One of us has to have one of these guys because it became a total thing. Ultimate Warrior had it. Undertaker had it. You know, there's so many. Any of us going to pick a luchador? Was that? What yeah. You're... Right. Oh, I should have picked the luchadore. Uh, but no. Uh, well, I did almost. My, one of my honorable mentions is uh, Superfly Jimmy Stuka, mm. which I kind of feel is like almost luchadorian in his antics uh with the way he bounced because a lot of you know that, that that's a very luchador thing to do not so much the big beefy american style uh yeah. uh wrestling right the luchadors uh they bounce a hell of a lot more but anyway sting and uh and i think also too uh it's this is also a great thing when i again the you know, Mitch talked about this. Mitch and I had a very long conversation. I realized how much I remember from things that I've watched about uh, wrestling. And it is one of the things that I know is like the business. Like, for instance, when the business finally said, oh, no, this is entertainment. And they did it casually. There was no big announcement. It was like no, lackadaisical. Yeah, of course, this is no, this ain't real. This is entertainment. But what's amazing to me is that literally turns the knob up on the amount of money they make. Uh, everything goes through through the roof and i think part of it i mean obviously they start doing that because they've got uh turner right and turner's mm -hmm. wrestling company and they're trying turner is trying to like double down on the whole this is fucking real and vince mcmahon says this is entertainment and they have nowhere to go it helps destroy uh turner's uh league but it also makes them so much more bigger and better and i think one i think of it also built the respect of okay yes it's entertainment but these guys really are athletic. Yeah, they're they doing, really are they're doing these choreographed athletics, yeah. but still athletic. Yeah. In order to do that, it have to. And one of the things I think is, is there's this stigma about like, oh, you watch wrestling. You know, that's fake. Right. And it's like, well, I know it's fake, but it's still kind of like the storylines. But then when it becomes entertainment, it becomes, well, fuck, fuck, of course it's fake. I'm not watching it because I think it's real, man. These are great goddamn storylines. It's really compelling uh, dramatics. Um, and there are so many, like, uh, millennial comedians out there who are just grew up on fucking wrestling. Like, they're wrestling nerds through the fucking through. And I Ron think it's... Funches, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. Well, there, well, I mean, I'm talking local. Like, every level mm. of comedian, it's like a thing with millennial... Oh, white male too. But anyway, but you know, all those, you know, these guys that I go to open mics with and that are so much younger than me and I hate them so much, but like they all were super into wrestling and it's this era of when W uh when the WWF turns the WWE and all this other stuff and they go and they say, "Yeah, this isn't real. This is all fake." And these are all great storylines and you've just basically been watching a D&D campaign your whole life. <laughs> there you go. I love it. I live with my my wife and my mom, who both watch Days of Our Lives, will give me a hard time every once in a while if I throw a run. Like, so you know Stefano doesn't really die nine times, right? Like, I right. mean, <laughs> all of us watch fiction. That's like if you just – I just happen to be in on the joke. You guys actually still watch crappy daytime TV like it's good. It's a great uh, comparison. Yeah. But if you just accept it as a melodrama with athletes, then it's just yeah. – you watch it you know, for the storylines and like, wow, that guy can do something I can't do. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's uh, – it's absolutely. Absolutely. Uh all right, I think are we at number one yet? I think we're at yes. We're this at number, is number one. one. All right, Doug, what's your number one? Um, he is. It's it is not a full time wrestler. Um, but it, I will tell you, it's probably hands down the best character, wrestler, manager, 
commentator and you talk about kayfabe like um michael kane who we know remembers um going to watch wrestling at the civic like 86 87 and this particular guy was going through a storyline where his neck was supposed to be broken or he you know he'd have to walk <laughs> around with one of those neck collars on i figured mike it sees, out mike mm. sees him driving downtown like sees him in the side of a car there at a stoplight and mike kind of looks at him and points at his neck and all right away, he starts faking and kind of you know, sell, <laughs> sell, sell the injury because he didn't have the collar on. That's and it's Bobby awesome. Heening. Um, Bobby know, in the brain. Of, yes. In terms, and it's, you know, in terms of a voice and a kid, you know, the guy, again, you love to hate you. You hate him as a kid, but as an adult, he's brilliant, um, snarky, just has a line for everything, even if they're written or not. Um, but just, and it's, it's funny because I was thinking about, you know, I think a sneaky good part of wrestling is the bad guy commentator having mm-hmm. some, you know, and I think I've always, I, th- I was thinking about this recently, like if the XFL would do go, go there, like don't compete with the NFL, but have a guy who takes the opposite side of holding and oh, the opposite that side sucks. of pass interference. Like, that <laughs> yeah. wasn't a pass interference. He was totally like, but just, you, you, you like to brilliant that guy actually. and that enhances the story. That's absolutely brilliant. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> So what you're basically describing here is the XFL should be like uh, KFAB's uh, Husker broadcasts. <laughs> oh, that's you just need someone on the other side. Yeah, yeah you, you, you just need a Matt. You just guy. need a Matt Davison, uh, yeah. who every Terrible every. Call, Greg. I don't know what that can't be right. Uh, you, he literally stabbed him seven times, Matt. <laughs> stabbed him seven <laughs> times. He's literally on the side. He's lit. That he's literally uh, attacking a person off the street with his helmet you know i i doubt monty I, I doubt monty has the other villain manager that i'm thinking of but uh okay i don't uh but bobby the brain and who was the one he i recently uh the heart um jimmy hart the jimmy hart yeah. yes mm-hmm. they, they, it's, it's funny horn. like yeah and i guess that there are probably others but those two would always come yep. to mind as in like the villain manager and and what a what a great thing too! The villain manager allows a, a less talented actor wrestler to play that heavy. So he does all of the fighting and all that stuff, and the storyline can be on the back of his manager, who's yep. doing all the talking, who's doing all the plot moving, and that guy doesn't necessarily have to bear that weight. But I remember seeing Bobby get flipped a few times and yep. body slammed by. Uh, Andre the Giant, at least, or maybe somebody else, or maybe it was Hogan. I can't remember, but I remember and he, seeing he would he would wrestle everyone. So yeah, he would take bumps. You know, he'd get involved, but so he he did come up as a wrestler, and every once in a while he'd be in matches as a tag team. But yeah, Monty, that you know, in terms of you know, as, as curious like because Andre, horrible character, fantastic wrestler, but he's not a really. I mean, he's just a big fat giant. That's really yeah. Who, but yeah, having yeah. Keenan be able to tell his story like and have him just be the big stoic you know, yeah. in, immovable objects and like, yeah, let and, that guy sell for you. And what's funny is you, you then see Andre the giant in movies and you see Andre the giant outside of wrestling and you think, why the yep. hell wasn't he allowed to talk? Yep. And it was because he, he can't play the heel. Andre, the giants incapable just of playing a big the heel. Lovable, sweet. Yep. Yeah. And so that, that, that look that he had can't be the heel. I mean, like he, he is, his personality doesn't match the look. So therefore they have to have this other person, uh, overlay on top of him to make sure that this the storyline is great uh yeah oh that's a that that is a good one and you're right I, I actually, even right like, now so you I'm put it in that perspective angry. i had never considered that it's like you needed bobby to make andre a villain yes yeah. and you'd have so many others yeah fat two and some of the other samoans that you know 
you want them to be the hard silent type and they're not a good talker. So you, you put a mic, you put somebody in front of them and let them take the heat for you. Yeah. It's a great, it's again, I mean, Vince McMahon literally is a genius when it comes Mm -hmm. to how to do this and how to play this and the things that they and plays the part himself in a way, even as the the broadcast. Yeah. He he knows what he knows what he's doing. Rob, what's your, what's your number one, buddy? Uh, my number one is, uh, pretty mainstream guy but uh when he shows up from not having any bubble gum or shit that's my number one (laughs) (laughs) he was mine too and then i took him off Uh, oh my god roddy piper is just there's something about his character that just i loved him i even even when he was the villain because when i was introduced to him he was the villain to hulk hogan yeah it was definitely the heel it was uh, and there was something about him that was really funny and see and he was so angry all the time and i loved that it was just something where like you just were waiting for something to pop in his head and so here here's why i have uh rowdy roddy piper down as my number one as well i personally think hulk hogan doesn't become a hulk hogan if he doesn't have rowdy roddy piper I think Rowdy. I'd agree. I'd agree. He's he's one of these guys that would sell tickets every time he was talking on the microphone. He got people going. I, he's a great heel because I think he, what's amazing about him is everyone knows that bully because that's what he's playing. He's playing this super self like self assured cocky son of a bitch that you just want to see get punched right. And he plays <laughs> that so great. And he's one of those guys. No need for a script. You tell him what has to happen next, and he's going to improvise. He's going to be... I mean, look, they live... Like, you know, Carpenter says, Rowdy Rowdy Piper basically co-directed that movie, and that movie is as much Rowdy Rowdy Piper's movie as Hell Comes to Frogtown is actually, in my opinion, a better version of of seeing him being that guy. Yeah. But, you know, again, they live is just... They're just yeah. fun. He's yeah. just and he's fun that, to that's watch. him outside of wrestling, but still doing the exact same thing. That's the reason why he was my number one. He's super funny. He he would make me angry when he was on screen very much. Like I wanted to see Hulk Hogan beat the crap out of him. And I realize now as an adult, Hulk Hogan isn't as dynamic. He needs heels in order to be who he needs to be. Right. Mm -hmm. He's just not there. And when he like when Hulk Hogan finally got a fucking personality enough is when he turned heel. So, right. You know, like when he finally developed the ability, like his his heel turn is is memorable because it's like he finally was able to build on the sand that is his lack of being able to handle this to the point where you're like, okay, well, now everyone loves him. This is the perfect time to to make him. Uh, a heel and it was great but yeah i think i honestly think there is no 80s wrestling without roddy roddy piper i think that guy is such a superstar in the very early ages of that and mtv's rock and wrestling and all that other stuff without his ability to talk and get people going you know if none of that if hulk hogan is your superman he is the lex Luthor. if uh, you know i mean he is literally the introduction to the bad guy to me yeah and yeah, and it's and what's great about it is he's not like an over the top stereotype. He's not like a weird thing. He is just an asshole. Like that's his gimmick. 
I'm going to be an asshole. I'm going to be in a fucking annoying asshole, but you're going to want to punch me so bad. But I'm going to be just good enough not ever to get that kind of comeuppance. It's, I'm just going to sneak away. You know, that's, again, that's also a very good bad guy in a storyline. He's the guy that, you know, like, like, like you said, Lex Luthor, you know he's evil, but he always slimes away through talent or, or money or whatever. He gets away okay. with it, right? That, that modern version of, uh, of, uh, of Lex Luthor. So that's crazy. Uh, Doug, you should have kept Roddy Ray Piper. This would have been a real easy wrap. Until two hours ago, he was my number one. Yeah. And then I was like, he uh, most of his wrestling was done early, and I didn't want two talkers. But no, I totally agree with everything you're saying, because that was Piper's Pit, I think, is kind of too, probably that Piper's first pit. segment. Piper's pit. Mm-hmm. Basically, I gave a guy a mic in five minutes and said, hey, entertain us and, you know, be part host. Yeah. You know, about the, you know I think, you know, great heels also have a little bit of cowardice. And so, like, you were t- like he, he was a cheap yeah. wrestler. Yeah. Poking the eye, scratch your back, you know, cheat nose. And I think that just, it just raises the smarminess and that hate level. I'm like, you're not even, you're not even like standing toe to toe. Like, this is even a fair fight. And right. you know, I hate you more. Yeah. Was you wouldn't be able to beat Hulk if you didn't get that chair in the ring yep. and that kind of yep. stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, do we have any honorable mentions that haven't been mentioned yet? Uh, Randy Savage hasn't been met. I mean, we've, you know, yeah, we talked about Macho Man, but we never did. Macho Man was like literally the first name I wrote down on my, my pre list. You know, I like wrote down. He's an amazing character. Yeah, he is. Um, a honky tonk man. Coco Beware was on my list. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had the honky tonk man because honky tonk man's a good one too. I thought that was pretty fun. Um, Rick Rude, I was kind of, I didn't know Rick if he would go Rude. there. Oh, yeah. he's, he's a lot like perfect, but again, you know, yeah, um, you know, putting people's wives on his tights, you know, and you know, <laughs> bringing somebody up to kiss every week. That was another level. Yeah. Flair is one of those. He's either more of a WCW guy to me, but I don't think you can. That might be like kind of like Million Dollar Man, someone who lived his gimmick more than anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. know if that was a gimmick. I think Ric Flair is Ric yep. Flair. <laughs> Yep. Like, yeah. I think yeah. that's literally they found that guy on the street and was like, look, this is weird, but you should not be working at this auto dealership. You should be yeah. doing this wrestling. Actually, I think he'd be a great auto salesman. Um, woo! I just love it. <laughs> uh, Hillbilly Jim was also on like my. Oh, yeah, yeah, here. yeah. Uh, and, and you know, there there's some great, great ones like Undertaker. I mean, if you're talking oh, straight up on a character, awesome. that's amazing. Like your gimmick is your supernatural almost you you're just a i mean like he started talking after a while yeah. uh but like i remember him when he first was in there and didn't say th- did not only did he not but say anything paul the, bearer was terrifying to yeah, me yeah I, yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean that's just that yeah, earned the control that you know just to hold an urn in front of him was what controlled him and basically kept him in line yeah uh, uh, Mick I Foley was, I was kind of a Mick Foley disqualified just because yeah. he, he played different guys but in terms of the ability to deliver a character between Cactus Jack and Dude Love, uh, and just Mick Foley as a as a regular. Yeah, and he's uh, um, he's a fairly good comedian now. Like he, yeah, he transitioned to stand up. So yeah, huh. Mick Mick Foley actually is a is a fairly talented guy when it comes to as a performer. Yeah. Were were either of you guys Hulk Hogan fans? I think I, we had. I, I was as a kid. You know, I yeah, I had the bandana. Um, I'm pretty sure I had a VHS of like his. Uh, you know, they'd always put highlight tapes together, yeah. but real American playing in the background. Yep. Uh, every now and again, when I think I'm at my limit and I think this is it for me, I usually stand up and immediately 
listen Start to the crowd. Shaking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get that whole thing. And then people are like, yeah, you can do it. And I'm like, that's right. I'll do it. Uh, I've also been known to tear a shirt. So yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I really thought about the rock too. I really thought about the rock. Um, but I decided that the rock has got enough acclaim and doesn't need this yeah. podcast. <laughs> like, I mean, and I think too, like rock, uh, the rock was amazing. Um, but until this very moment, I didn't realize that both The Rock and and I, I'm drawing a blank on the other character, but he's playing the part of Peacemaker in James Gunn's uh, Suicide Squad movie. And his costume is super comic accurate. John Cena. Which I th- John Cena, yeah. John Cena, which you, I think is hilarious. Yeah. Um, have you, it, look up what yeah, he's no. playing. Uh, the uh, He's basically captain america if he was an asshole i right. mean and i peacemaker is the name and peacemaker. and he's got this big old obnoxious silver helmet and i i i think john cena's pitch perfect for that role and and especially having james gunn directed yeah I'm i think forward to that john cena is uh one of those guys who's really tried hard to get funnier yeah and to play his uh play his uh, like oversimplified character to uh to i think he's ir- done well irony yeah you know what i mean i think it's yeah no I, I i do i do too i think he's he's done better than uh i probably would have expected uh well doug uh you're the you're the guest here um so who do you think won tonight was it you you know probably was yeah, um, probably yeah. <laughs> that makes sense that makes sense you know, I would probably, you know, the uh, my heart my heartstrings pulling for Sting. If I were if I were to if I were to disqualify myself or, or kind of stick with the basic premise between I'm right and he's Rob, uh, it's <laughs> I'm gonna get a little. It's gonna be Monty. I'm probably gonna eke that out. Oh, that's good. That's good. Thank you. That is and what I wanted to hear. Anything about this? You know, not anything. Knowing anything about the topic? That's a little hard for me to say. <laughs> I know just a little bit about it. It was funny. I like I said, I talked to Mitch because I didn't want to sound stupid, and I didn't want to just go on some website and just read off a list that somebody else had done, right? So I, I like I tried my best. I I went outside of you and, and and tried to talk, but it was funny because the more I talked to Mitch, the more I went, oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, I had mm-hmm. heard that. Oh, I've I've watched something on that, and it's funny to me uh, that that how much this is really into pop culture and and how much of it is, and honestly, there is so much good documentaries out there about 80s and 90s wrestlers they're all amazing on the mat and off the mat it's an incredible industry filled with drugs and damaged people and redemption and suffering and it's like if you if you're looking for a well that will never run dry it's uh it's muscle bound southern dudes desperately trying to get a uh validation. <laughs> so there you go. Well, Rob, uh since you're not the winner, uh that means of <laughs> course uh you have to say our ending line. It's a line that we uh, Doug knows this. We were we were saying it uh back at Central Elementary first grade, me and him. You came uh in uh 5th grade, 5th grade fifth and grade. then uh, started 5th grade, mid mid 5th grade. Mid 5th grade starting biting off of it. Uh you started saying it, but it's a catchphrase that's uh we found um buried uh, ancient uh, native american uh, burial ground uh right there near wayne street uh and uh we we deciphered it uh and here it is 
that uh, that piece of wisdom that we end every single podcast with. Go ahead, Rob said. Let me tell you something right now. Talking about the greatest intercontinental champion that ever lived, the Honky Tonk Man. Is that a lie? Yeah. Because I'm the greatest intercontinental champion that ever lived. And I'm the greatest professional wrestler that ever lived. And I'm living now, right now. Step into a slip gym. Thanks, Doug. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you.